Whether we like it or not, bad stuff goes down. That's just the way that this is. I I wish I could tell you, man, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, everything's going to be easy. Listen, you put your faith and trust in Jesus and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's an ever-present help in time of need. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And a bunch of junk goes on too. Issues with the kids, issues with the finances, issues with the health. A rough patch, a curveball, a wrench in the plans... There are lots of different ways to describe how things don't go as you expect. But why are there so many? Because derailed plans are a normal part of everyone's life. Today, Pastor Daniel reminds you that even when your life feels out of control, you can count on the Lord to be in it with you. He is your solid ground and strong shelter when the storms of life come. He'll be there for you through it all. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Psalms chapter 126 as he begins his message, Praise and Vanity. You know, one of the things that makes life so perplexing, beautiful, kind of fun is that it's got all sorts of things in it. You know, there's no such thing as like life always being exactly the same. Just as with each passing year, there are seasons, you know, summer gives way to the colors of fall, which gives way to, for us, the rain of winter, which gives way to the spring and everything blossoming and allergies, of course. And then you come back into summer. Life is just like that, isn't it? Where there's different times and there's different seasons. Life is if we get to live enough years, is full of all sorts of things. And right as we kind of get the sense that we're getting a little bit comfortable with all those things, then things start to change. I, I was funny. I was, I remember when I was growing up, my dad used to give me a hard time. He still does, actually. God bless him. You know, uh, he used to say to me when I was younger, he's like, oh, man, you can eat whatever you want now. But when you get older... You're not going to be able to do that. And I'm like, oh, come on, dad, I'll be just fine. He'd be like, listen, I guarantee you by the time you're 40, you're not going to be able to see your toes and you're going to have no hair on your head. That's what he said. Literally, he said, this is like, I must have been like 18 at the time. And, and literally, that's what he said. And I'm like, oh, come on, no way, no way. That's one of the reasons why I have dreads to this day. It's like I'm just kind of a living testimony of, of the Esau reality of, not really, I just like having long, I, well, I got it, I'll, I'll enjoy it, you know. But I, but I remember, though, because sure enough, uh, like I hit 27 years old and it was like my metabolism just changed. It just changed. Just like, it was like, I was like thin as a row at 27. All of a sudden I'm like, wow, I can't eat anything. I'm putting on weight. And then I'm like, okay, I got that under control. And then I'm like, I hit 35 and then boom. And forget about the forties right now. And I know those of you who are older right now are like, you're in your forties. Wait till the fifties and the sixties happen, you know? But, but, but the idea is that like, right as we start to kind of get our a handle on certain things, then other things start to happen, right? There's different stages of life. There are different things that go on in the midst of life. And if you look back over your journey in life, you'll find that there has been times of of wonderful things, times of mistakes, times of tragedy. And the beauty is, is that the journey that God has all of us on is as we walk with him, no matter what the season is, no matter what the challenge is, 
God has an extraordinary way of helping us understand those things and really be able to, to blossom in the midst of them. That's why we've been doing this series that's called The Way Up. We're looking at these beautiful songs of ascent, Psalm 120 to 134. These songs that were designed to be songs of worship that the children of Israel would sing and recite as they were there in Jerusalem as part of their rhythm of life. And I, I just imagine, I mean, of course, you know, we read in the, in the New Testament, Jesus went to one of those pilgrim feasts when he was 12. He stayed behind. His parents didn't know that he stayed behind in Jerusalem. They had to go back and find him as one of those pilgrim feasts. So I just, you know, even imagine in the life of our Lord Jesus, like going there as a child and, and singing these songs of ascent while he's there in Jerusalem. And then later on as, as, you know, in his thirties, when he's in his earthly ministry, having these same things go on. You, you imagine someone like the apostle John, who according to church tradition was the only, uh, apostle who died of natural causes. They tried to martyr him a couple times, actually, but he died of natural causes. And, and the apostle John would have gone to Jerusalem every year for 70, 80, 90 years. And I, I, you try and think back over those times of him being a young man going watching his parents, you know, on these songs of ascent. And then as an older man and, and, and as a leader in this, in the church, you know, uh, believing in Jesus, you know, uh, how these moments would frame the experience that he was having. And so the beauty for all of us is no matter where you are on this pilgrim journey, with the Lord, God wants to help all of us to frame things in the proper way, to see things with the right perspective. And so today we're going to look at two Psalms together. And in both cases, they're essential perspectives that we need to have in order to really continue to grow and blossom, to, to get better and not bitter on this journey of life. So in order to get at this, let's begin with Psalm 126. Psalm 126 today. So again, if you're opening up a Bible, I always like to joke that, you know, the, the largest book in the Bible, it's the book of Psalms, 150 of them. And literally, if you look at my Bible here, it's like almost the dead center of the Bible is the book of Psalms. So if you're, if you're, if you're flipping around, if you're in the, almost the center of your Bible, there's the book of Psalms is right there. Of course, if you're uh, watching this on TV or listening on the radio or picking this up on an app or, you know, uh, online or whatever, open up another browser window. If you don't have a physical Bible, type in Psalm 126, I want you to be able to, to read along with me. And, and so Psalm 26, verse 1 says this. It says, When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. Now, to, to put this in context, really what this, this song is about is it's a song of praise about the remembrance of the Babylonian captivity. And, and if you if you know your Bible at all, you realize that when God settled the children of Israel in what we call the promised land, uh, it was promised to them uh, when Moses was there, they were walked in through uh, the ministry of Joshua, and then they got settled in the land. God said to them, listen, if you honor me, I'm going to bless you in the land. And if you don't honor me, the curses will come and ultimately you'll be exiled off of the land. And, and if you read through really, uh, 
first and second kings, you really, and first and second chronicles, you see that journey, that slide of the children of Israel as they're not honoring the Lord. And ultimately they end up going into exile to Babylon, at least for the two southern tribes. Right. And so, and they spent 70 years in Babylon. And, and the prophet Jeremiah was an essential part of this because he's saying, you're going to go to exile for 70 years because you didn't trust the Lord and give the land its land Sabbaths for 70 years. So you owe God 70 years. So he's going to send you to Babylon and, you know, and then you're going to come on back. And so this is a song that was written after they returned and they're looking back on God's faithfulness, even through what for them would have been the greatest tragedy of their generation. So, you know, if you think about when, when the Babylonian exile happened, they actually burned the temple to the ground. So it was like, so the whole entire book is a book in the Bible. No one's favorite book in the Bible, the book of Lamentations that literally tells the story of the destruction of Jerusalem. This was the single most horrific event in the life of that generation and for the children of Israel. But now they're on the other side of what was happening. That now that they're no longer in exile, but they're coming back. Now, it's funny for me, when I first read Psalm 126, to be super honest with you, I knew the psalm, but I didn't know it was in the Bible because Bob Marley sang a song with these in the lyrics. And, and so as like a young, you know, uh, party kid playing in bands, you know, Bob Marley's song was, was I didn't know it was Psalm 126, I thought it was Bob Marley's song. But really, he just took some of this, put a little reggae beat behind it. It's kind of a fun song. But, but really what we learn here by way of a principle, is that don't forget to praise on the way up. Like, don't forget to praise the Lord as you're leaving whatever the bottom is and as you're making your way up. Because when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, when the Lord now is bringing the people back, they've gone down. I mean, they lost their land. They, they, the temple was destroyed. They end up in Babylon, this, this pagan empire. And all this is going on. And when the Lord brings them back, when the Lord brought back, notice they knew it was the Lord bringing them back. Notice what they say. It says, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue was singing. And they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we're glad. See, listen, part of the journey of life, whether we like it or not, bad stuff goes down. That's just the way that this is. I, I wish I could tell you, man, you put your faith and trust in Jesus, everything's going to be easy. Listen, you put your faith and trust in Jesus and his yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's an ever-present help in time of need. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He loves you with an everlasting love. And a bunch of junk goes on too. Issues with the kids, issues with the finances, issues with the health, issues with the family, issues with the neighbor, issues with the job. It all still happens when you still love Jesus, right? But the thing is, is that when you hit rock bottom or when you hit that place where you know like this, this can't get any worse than this, when you're taking those steps forward, don't forget to praise the Lord. And I would even tell you, we should be praising the Lord on the way down as well. You know, because we know that God is good. For the children of Israel, they knew why they were going into exile. God raised up the prophet Jeremiah to tell them why. This was God's doing. The Babylonians, like, Jeremiah is literally going out and saying, the Babylonians are coming, I want you to surrender and go on out to them. And I was like, what are you, crazy? No, no, this is the Lord's will. And here's the reason why. And literally, there's 50 chapters in the book of Jeremiah explaining this to the children of Israel. They did not do it. And ultimately, they still went into exile. 
And so for us, we have to remember to praise the Lord even when things are bad. But when things are starting to turn up, don't forget to praise him. Like they're like, look, we were like in a dream. For, try to imagine the generation who was born in Babylon. Jewish exiles in Babylon. You know, and their parents were telling the story, oh, we used to live in Jerusalem. There was this beautiful temple that was built by King Solomon, you know, and, but why are we here? Oh, well, we dishonored the Lord, but one day God's going to send us back. And, and, and that generation hearing the hopefulness of, of that God's going to do a, a fresh work. And then when they started, it's like, it was like a dream. It was like, imagine the people who went down as young people, like, like someone like Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you know, and, and all of a sudden they, they were raised in Jerusalem. They end up in Babylon and they're finding their way back. Like, it's like a dream. It's not like, it's not like today where you're like, oh man, I used to live in New Jersey, but now I live in Vancouver, Washington. So I top a plane or I drive a car across the country and I just go back every once in a while. No, it's like they hadn't seen it. And they're like, we were like in a dream. Then that laughter filled our hearts and, and our mouths were full with singing. And the nations were saying, man, the Lord has done great things. And like, yeah, and the Lord has done really great things for us. And we're super glad about it. Right? And so we have to learn how to praise on the journey. And I'm reminded of a beautiful, beautiful verse. This is Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. And, you know, this has been a, a scripture that has given me great comfort over the years. It says... Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Isn't that a gorgeous verse? I mean, the, the verse is saying, look, when everything is wrong, there's no, the fig tree doesn't have any fruit on the vine. You know, there's no, there's no animals in the stalls. The, you can't make olive oil. And for an Italian person, that's a bad scene. You can't make anything without olive oil, right? It's like, it's like, you know, though all this stuff is wrong, yet, yet it says, I will rejoice in the Lord. And I will join the God of my salvation. Because for you and I as followers of Jesus, no matter what is going wrong, the fact that you're in Christ, there is something that's always right. And so we have to learn how to praise the Lord on the journey. And I don't know what's going on in your world today. I know that for all of us, it's a real disruptive time. Lots of things are happening. You know, I, I was just, I was just thinking, I was talking with someone just recently about, you know, some of the civil unrest that's going on at, as it relates to, you know, kind of racial inequality. And the person I was talking to, a person of color, and they said, you know, listen, I, I remember before the 60s what that was like. And it was great because they were like, there's a, still a lot of work to do, but we've come a long way and we have to keep working. And, I, and it was such a great perspective because it was like, yeah, we're not where we used to be. It was way worse. We still have a long way to go. But, but he's like, but either way, my hope is in the Lord. Because God is in the midst of it. God, God wants to do a work here. Anywhere, he's he, he funny. He's like, anywhere there's injustice, God wants to do a work. I'm like, yeah. Free, that's gospel right there. Anywhere there's injustice, God wants to do some work. And so we have to learn how to praise God on the way up in the journey. And that's why it says, 
you know, in verse four, bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams of the south. So, so really it's, it's a call. God, will you bring us back from the captivity? Now the streams of the south, what's interesting is in the, in the Hebrew, the word south is the Negev, which was the desert region that was in the southern part of Israel. And in the hot summer times, all of the streams in the desert region would dry up. But once they got into the rainy season, all those streams would start to flow again. So he's like, Lord, bring our captivity back just the way you keep bringing back the streams in the desert. That's what he's saying. And I don't know, you know, as I was kind of preparing this, I wonder if there are some of us right now where, you know, you've been in a long season of not captivity like you were in Babylon, like the children of Israel, but, you know, there's been some bondage, some, some, something that's really held you back. Maybe it's addiction or, or some area of brokenness or woundedness in your life, and it's really kind of held you down. And I just... I think I just want to encourage you to grab that verse, bring back our captivity like the streams in the desert. Saying, Lord, will you bring us, bring us back on this way up, on this pilgrim journey up closer to you, just the way you bring back the nourishment, the, 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 the water in the midst of a parched desert. Will you do that in us, in our lives? Then it says in verse five of Psalm 126, it says, those who sow in tears shall reap Enjoy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, what does this mean? This reminds us that, of course, that the the sorrow is momentary. The sorrow is momentary. You know, as we're talking about this captivity, this time in Babylon, it's listen, don't forget when you sow in tears... You'll reap in joy, right? And, and, and that's, the, that's the hope of the Christian faith is that this sorrow is momentary. Our, our, it's a momentary light affliction. It's always like this. It's just like this now. And the Bible, it's so beautiful because the Bible's view of happiness you know, it, it, and I'm so excited. You know, I have a book that's called Crazy Happy and we're going to be able to break this open. God, God's plan of happiness is not just like smiling from the face out. God's plan of happiness, it's a deep concept. And one of the realities of God's plan for happiness is that mourning is a part of it. How do I know? Of course, in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter five, verse four, Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be what? Comforted. That word blessed, oh, how happy are those who mourn? Nobody's ever said that. That's why the book that I got is going to be called Crazy Happy because God's plan for happiness is found in crazy places. It's like nobody ever said, when you mourn, you should be happy that you're mourning. That doesn't make any sense. But when you put it in context of scripture, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. See, it's this principle of sowing and reaping. It's this idea that there are times because our sorrow is temporary or momentary that their tears are necessary. It would be inhuman not to shed tears. God is not asking us to be inhuman or, or, or superhuman. He's asking us to be truly human. Right? And for the children of Israel who were in captivity in Babylon, there was a lot of weeping and mourning and brokenness. But they sowed in tears, and because they trusted in the Lord, they ended up reaping in joy. And then he, and then I love this because it's an agricultural reference that he's using here. He's like, he who continually goes forth weeping. So remember, he's sowing in tears. And then he says, bearing seed for sowing. 
So this is not the idea of like a one time. It's like he's got a bag of tears, right? He's got this whole sack. And this is just the other day, because, you know, we were doing some work in our yard. We took some big trees down. So we had to go buy seed. We got these huge bags of seed. It's like 50 pound bags of seed to be able to plant grass where these trees were. You know, and, I just, and as I picked it up, I was reading this just that morning. I'm like, oh, yeah. A bag of seeds here. He's got, so, so, so this, this is somebody who's, the grief is so great on the journey. It's such a tough season. He's continually weeping. He's got these seeds of sowing, these long-term hurts, right? Shall doubtless, notice what it says. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing the sheaves with him. So he's saying for the person who is, who is weeping, for the person who realizes that their sorrow is momentary, but the sorrow is real, they're scattering the seeds of the tears, but when they come back, doubtless they're going to come back. You sow in tears, you reap in what? Joy. You come back with rejoicing and you have sheaves in your hands. So it's like there is a harvest of fruitfulness that comes on the other end of the season of mourning and tears. And listen, you want some perspective. Listen, the sorrow's momentary. Are things hard? Yes. Have they been hard for a long time? Maybe. But guess what? The glory that awaits us is not even worthy to be compared with the suffering of this present age. That's what Paul said. Romans chapter eight, right? And when you realize all the suffering, all the tears They're real, but they're temporary. It's not the whole story. The number of times as a pastor, I have talked to people and I've heard horrendous stories. And I always end up saying, listen, don't forget you're in the middle chapters. This story is not over. This is a tragedy, but the story is not over. There are still chapters to be written. So yes, these chapters are marked by hurt and pain and tears. But those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Do you believe that today? Oh, I want to believe that. I, I, I want to believe it for everybody today. Whatever's going on right now, listen. The suffering and the sorrows, momentary. Because God's not done working yet. I mean, this is powerful. I mean, this is what I love so much about the Bible. This is so, it's like, this is so street level. This is real life. This is like, it's not like you believe in Jesus and everything is easy. You're on a, a spiritual slip and slide all day long. No, it's like hard things happen. But then the Bible reminds us, listen, happiness is not the absence of tears. Happiness is knowing the purpose of tears. Seeing your tears and your sorrow in the midst of God's greater story. You sow in tears, you reap in joy. You you scatter seed of sorrow because of the brokenness of the world. And you end up coming back full of rejoicing. And you got fruitfulness on the other side of it. Powerful. Okay, let's keep moving, though. I, I could just soak there for a while. Psalm 127, as we continue on. Psalm 127 says it this way. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, For so he gives his beloved sleep. Jesus is real. Pastor Daniel ended today's message with a challenge. 
Instead of letting the hardships of life pull you down, you were urged to view them as a part of God's greater plan. Those tears have purpose in God's economy. This, shared Pastor Daniel, can be a source of happiness and joy for you. You can praise God for what he's doing and see your struggles as a step toward accomplishing his purpose in your life and in the world around you. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. But I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to explore what God has to say in these songs of ascent from the book of Psalms. He'll address the topic of vanity, explaining that unless God is behind the things that you want to do, they won't really work. You'll learn that when you get on board with what God wants to do, what you do will be productive and purposeful. You won't work in vain when you follow His lead. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series called The Way Up. Until then, may God bless.